The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Michael Kist. Are you caught me not listening again? Benjamin Solak. You never listen. It's the Kist and Solak Show. Presented by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. You are flying high on the Kist and Solak Show. This is episode 180, brought to you by the fine folk at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I am your host, Michael Kist. Follow me on Twitter at MichaelKistNFL. That's K-I-S-T. As always, joined by the best doggone co-host in the game, Mr. Nine Year Streak Without a Bad Day. He is Benjamin Solak. Follow him on Twitter at Benjamin Solak. That's S-O-L-A-K. Ben. How you doing, brother? Better than everybody else, apparently. <laughs> Eagles fans, leave free agency, leave the season, enter the draft saying, we just got to get ourselves speed at wide receiver. The Eagles <laughs> draft a speedy wide receiver, and fellas, they are furious. How dare they? It's draft season, baby. It's exactly as it should be, especially in Philadelphia. Nothing is satisfying. Everything is ridiculous, unless he's good, in which case I knew all along. Welcome to the Eagles. Exactly. And, and I think the reason why people are somewhat frustrated by it is because the way that it all went down. We had heard before the draft that the Eagles might be aggressively looking to move up to get somebody like a C.D. Lamb. And then, I mean, how it unfolds is kind of perfect for them if they wanted to move up. The first receiver doesn't come off the board until number 12 to the Las Vegas Raiders with Henry Ruggs the third, And then you've got Jerry Judy at 15 after the 49ers pass on a wide receiver. Then at 16, you're thinking, okay, this is like the optimal trade-up spot. Now, we don't know what happened. We don't know if the Eagles had CeeDee Lamb higher on their board. They probably did. Uh, we don't know if, if, if the cost was going to be pick number 53. Like, we always knew the cost was going to be kind of prohibitive to move up. But I do think people are frustrated, especially since CeeDee Lamb lands at 17 to the Dallas Cowboys. Not talking about that. Ignore. And then at 20. Well, that, that's what I mean. Because then you get Jalen Rager at 21, and now it's my own personal hell, which is years and years of debate of Jalen Rager versus CeeDee Lamb, and then versus also Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson at 22, who the Eagles obviously valued. And look, I mean, Jefferson was like the chalk pick leading up to this entire thing. So that's going to be interesting as well. The Vikings land themselves uh, a pretty good wide receiver, a guy who I had higher than, than Rager on my board. But look, I mean, when you get to 21, I understand why they wouldn't trade back there because you, if that's your guy and that's who you want to get, 
then absolutely. And, and we can talk about Rager and what it means for the Eagles. So basically how I put, how I put it on Twitter, and this is still how I feel about it after sleeping on it. I like Rager. I don't love the value. I understand why you would stick and take him. I hate the fact that they could move up, you know, slightly for, for CD Lamb. There are other players that I had higher on my board. And I think, you know, when you, when you look at it, you're not going to know for another three years. Like we don't know anything, but like this is why you consume draft media is because you want these opinions apparently and you hate yourself. Jalen Rager, I, I really like the fit. I think that's the other big point. I really like the fit with the Eagles more so than I did with Jefferson. I mean, this is a guy that played primarily on the outside with TCU. TCU did an abysmal job of scheming him open, getting him manufactured touches with screens and whatnot, you know, unleashing him in the slot. He only had nine receptions from the slot. And of course, the quarterback play, you know, one of the worst in the nation when it comes to getting catchable balls from his quarterback. So you can understand why the production sound. I have more concerns, but I also do like Rager. I think he's an explosive dude. And people are going to say, oh, you just say he times. I'm, I'm not a Rager, Rager guy. And I said this before the before the draft, so I can kind of get away with this. I definitely think he was faster than the 447 that he put there on, on the combine. He was bigger. He was, I think, seven plus pounds heavier than his normal playing weight at the combine. Looked yoked up. Still had one of the best 10-yard splits that that you're going to see. So the explosiveness still showed up in that way in the jumps and everything like that at the combine. So I do think this is definitely a deep threat, a guy that was underutilized at TCU. And we'll see. Ben, I know you like the pick a lot more than me. So why don't you put the, right. the even sunnier side on this? So if we vacuum this, zoop, Go straight microscope without context. Mm. I had Jalen Rager as the fifth wide receiver ranked on my personal big board. He was a late first round grade for me in large part because of uh, his analytics, which we'll get to in a second. He was a, a round two film grade. Production put him as a late round one player. He was my 25th overall player. KJ Hamler at 26, Denzel Mims at 27, in case anyone was wondering. The only other receiver I had remaining on the board with a first round grade was LaVisca Chenault, who out of Colorado, medical red flag. We all expected him to fall out of round one. Eagles got a late first round grade, 25th overall player at 21. Value is there. Fit. It's great. It's ideal. And when we've and this is why I say like, you know, like it was a lot easier to talk about Rager being a good fit when CeeDee Lamb went on the board at 16 and Justin Jefferson went on the board at 21. Because oh. in the in in when we're just talking about it in hypotheticals during draft season, easy peasy, it's effortless, right? Rager's an ideal scheme fit. You wanted yeah. a player who's going to be able to stretch the field. Rager has done so for TCU against press and from slot off alignments. They've moved him around and asked him to get vertical in a variety of ways. He's been able to get off press coverage successfully. Not perfect. Able to get off press coverage successfully, get down the field, attack the ball in contested situations despite being sub six foot. It's one of the most impressive growths, in my opinion, from his 2018 film to his 2019 film was yes. contested catches situations, especially against corners who might have had him outsized. That's a nice thing to see. So we have the player who has deep uh, explosiveness, deep speed, and then the ability to finish those plays, track and adjust to the football. As Eagles fans very well know, having the long speed is half the battle. you got to be able to find the football and catch it when it gets there. And there's a reason why that player isn't in Philadelphia anymore. It's because he couldn't do it. So you have that. You also have a player who's better, whose strength, whose overall skill is yak in the short game, which Philadelphia has a pretty uh, shallow target distribution to their receivers and to their tight ends. But in general, 
pretty sh- short game predicated offense. They like to throw it in the quick game. This is where Jefferson made sense. Jefferson was a great short game defender, but best better yak player between the two, Rager, comfortably. Mm. So you're going to get more explosive plays out of Rager in the short passing game than you would have out of a Jefferson, right? I know I'm supposed to be doing this in a vacuum, but there's the Jefferson conversation. We'll transition <laughs> this. Uh, Rager's going to drop more footballs. And that's, you know, explosive plays versus consistency. And that's kind of the the risk and reward management that you have to control and you have to consider when you're a general manager making decisions in a war room. Now, I say Rager's is an ideal scheme fit because he can kick slot to outside. He can win up against press. He can play uh, on off coverage, allows you to move to Sean slot and outside, allows you to present speed on both sides of the ball. If you liked Henry Ruggs for the Eagles, you should like Jalen Rager. Rager ain't running a four through seven. I'm not giving I'm not taking that away. But Rager's going to outrun kids. And if you don't believe me, just watch his film against future NFLs. Watch his film against the Ohio State Corners in 2018. He can outrun guys. Mm. Uh, he can, he can mm-hmm. get a downfield stack on you when you're in press coverage. And that's what you need to see. Yeah. Let's zoom it out. So, so for me, it's a, it's a player that makes sense for them. And it, it, it's appropriate value on my board. We zoom it out a step. Roseman said that given the things they heard from teams behind them, Rager was going to leave the board if they didn't draft him. Right. <laughs> Uh, that hypothetical means nothing to me. Right. Oh, yeah, we would have drafted him at 23. Yeah, what do you like? Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a consequence list thing to say. So, like, I don't, like, you can't prove that. You can't even talk about that hypothetical. It happened. I don't know that. When I talked about Rager, which I did on this, this podcast, yep. I said I'd like a trade back in Rager, mm-hmm. right? Because I thought you could get him at 25, 26. If you couldn't, get him at 21. Yeah. If you could, it would have been great. Like, I would absolutely love to have an extra fifth-round pick right now <laughs> and Rager. But right. I'm very happy with just Rager. So that's the 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 first context that I see NFL, uh, Eagles fans really using to to lessen their excitement about the Rager pick. Because the, the Eagles could have traded back and gotten him. We don't know that. I did expect that coming into the draft. Maybe it was going to be the case. Maybe it wasn't. Certainly, that would make it better. Still a good ball player on, on the team. You know what I mean? So, okay, we have that. If you trade back and let's say Rager goes, then you're left with Brandon Ayuk. How do you feel now? Like, I like Ayuk, but how do, like, <laughs> the bulk of Eagles Twitter feel? Kyle Shanahan and Ayuk's wide receiver one. <laughs> yeah, this is, well. this, I'm going to be telling my kids this in <laughs> 10 years. Am I going to have kids in 10 years? I'm going to be telling some children something in 10 years where I'm like, hey, you see that guy, CeeDee Lamb? You see that guy, Jerry Judy? Kyle Shanahan had Brandon Ayuk rated above them. You heard of Brandon Ayuk? No, you haven't. That's the point. Whoever you take is number one at their position. That's basically right. what we've learned from this process. So, it, so right. So it's if you right, if you miss out on Rager, then it changes your your, your perspective. I I shared the tweet that I got, or not the tweet, the text that I got from somebody uh, on Twitter where they told me that the Eagles wide receiver board was Judy and then Rager, hmm. um, which like I don't know how legit that is. If there's reports that the Eagles are really aggressively trying to trade up for Ceedee Lamb, which we're about to get to. In which case, that wouldn't make sense in the context of that tweet. What I know is that Lance Zerline dropped Rager to the Eagles at 21 in a mock on Thursday morning and yeah. said, I've been told by sources they love his deep speed. It's clear the Eagles liked Rager enough to tra- draft him at that pick. They didn't feel like they were reaching. Mm. Brings me to my next point. Eagles fans don't like the pick because Rager's a reach. Yeah, if you believe that against your own board, cool. You know what I mean? Like that, right. that That's your thing. You know what I mean? If you like there's the idea that like, oh, Jefferson was a higher ranked player for them, but they drafted Rager instead. I don't think so. That's yeah, yeah. that's bonkers. That's not right. how that works. Yeah. Which which I mean, you could you there's certainly the argument to be made that Rager, I'd said was a good scheme fit. We talked about how Jefferson's not a perfect scheme fit. So maybe they had Jefferson ranked above Rager and they went and drafted Rager because they thought he was a better fit and they left Jefferson on their board up there. That's on the table. Like if hmm. they had both Jefferson and Rager worth 21 and relatively close. Yeah. But Jefferson had the edge. Same team. And they drafted Rager for fit. 
that's probably what they did. Right. And there's a lot of like, you can't do that. Well, I mean, like that probably happened in about 27 of the 32 picks that happened in the first round. Like, well, that, Don't we talk about when you, you have positions in a player stack that you all have the same like value around them? Right. Like, for instance, Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs were, were so close for me. They were bumping dicks. It's pick your flavor at that point. And I think that's the same thing if you have Jefferson and Rager so close. There are other determining factors that you have to make that you have to make decisions on that determine who you would take at that selection. And that's that's part of fit is part of it. And I really do like the fit with Rager with the Eagles. Right. And there's there's the, the, the you know, the conversation. I know like Zach Berman wrote in his grade for the athletic, which like I love Berman. I'm going to use his point to make a point. But like Berman's right in everything he says. So like it's not like against him. Berman said, like, if the Eagles went Rager over Jefferson exclusively because of fit, that's a bad process. You have to just add talent to the wide receiver room however you can. I agree. But the implication that's worrisome to me is that Rager was drafted exclusively for fit and like would not be good on another receiver core or right. is not good. Rager's a good, good ball player. Yeah. Like he's just a good receiver period. Like, like the fit's going to make him good. Right. Like, no, that's not. Yeah. yeah. And like a lot of analysts had Jefferson above him. I didn't. A lot of analysts had Jefferson early and then Rager's around two guy, but Rager's got skills and the skills are going to fit in Philadelphia. And that's that's going to help the Eagles offense with how it's currently constructed. And in the event that Alshon leaves and Deshaun leaves and our thick white side leaves and the wide receiver room looks completely different, Rager's still gonna be a fast player who's good with the ball in his hands and can get off press. You know, like it's he's still gonna have those tools and oh, the Eagles are hopefully gonna use that to be productive. Um so the whole like the Eagles, you know, they reached for Rager, he's a round two player, Jefferson's a round one player. We don't know they're bored. So like if that's that's you saying like that's what I think about the pick that's fine like that's my job like I say things about that for all thirty two picks be like this was a reach you know and like obviously the teams don't think it was a reach they had that player ranked highly but it's it's tough to to say with certainty the Eagles had Jefferson ranked above Rager I just did, I don't have enough evidence to say that so I can't say that like they went going for Rager exclusively for fit they may have just had him graded higher and what from what I've been told they had him graded higher than a lot of receivers so that's where I am on that and then the final one the one that really does hurt that just like as a fan sucks is that CeeDee Lamb was on the board at 16, and then he was picked by the Dallas Cowboys at 17, and CeeDee Lamb is really good. Yeah. CeeDee Lamb is scheme agnostic. He could fit in all schemes. He's a fit anywhere because he can play any position. CeeDee Lamb is a top 10 player because he's ridiculously talented. Rager's got good yak. Lamb's got insane yak. Rager's got good adjustment down the field. Lamb's got crazy adjustment down the field. Lamb is a really, really, really exciting wide receiver prospect. He was my wide receiver one. He ends up in... Dallas. Dallas has Michael Gallup, who can play on the outside, and then Amari Cooper and Lamb, who can play anywhere. They're going to be able to move those guys around, be extremely matchup specific in their route distributions and who they target on any given week. They're going to be able to pick on coverage weaknesses in nickel sets, uh, which I'm assuming they're going to base out of. If they don't, they're absolutely drunk. Uh, actually, based out of 11 personnel, based out of three wide receiver sets. Yeah. And the Cowboys didn't have to move up at all. Eagles could have tried to move up. There's reports that they really tried to move up. From what I've heard, the Falcons always wanted A.J. Terrell at 16, and the rumors about them even looking into a trade-up were exclusively to hide their interest in A.J. Terrell at 16, which why you would need to hide your interest in A.J. Terrell at 16, <laughs> the Lord knows, but they yeah. felt like they needed to. They were the one team pushing up his stock to push Terrell into the first round because we had him as a, as a first-round lock, and he ends up going 16. I like Terrell. But, man, I, yeah, I feel like that's yeah. that's that's rich So, like, me. if you like start looking back. through it, it was you weren't getting 11 off the Jets once the tackles were there. 12 13 14 you weren't getting there because the 49ers were only comfortable trading back one pick because they wanted to take Kinlaw 
and obviously the Bucks. See, that's to get my thing. Is like the Niners took that clock to five seconds, right? On fourteen, and yeah. my and I I was told that when they made the Tampa trade, they had other teams on the line. Mm. I'm going to safely assume Philadelphia was one of them, right? Because yeah. we know they've been talking to the Niners during this process. Yeah, why you would take fourteen if you were going to continue hearing trade offers makes no sense to me. Because if you wanted to move back aggressively, why take fourteen and then move back aggressively if you can just move back aggressively because you run the risk of what happened, which is they did not, they were not able to negotiate a trade, which I like, you know, uh, I think part of it was like they, they wanted more time to negotiate the details of the trade. So move back to 14 and get another 10 minute clock and ha- keep having conversations with people. And maybe they were just never able to land on a price with the Eagles. But like after the, the Niners at 14, that long clock, they weren't getting 15 off the Broncos because of Judy. They apparently weren't getting the Falcons off 16 because of Terrell, and that 17 lamb went. So, like, I, I, it always takes two to tango. It sucks that the Eagles could not trade up for lamb successfully because I, who was reticent about a big trade up for a wide receiver, once we got to 16, five picks, I was like, yeah, I will swallow the pill. Let's go get Sedarian, shall we? Right, exactly. Um, yeah. So I think that, like, that that hurts. I think CD's going to be a really good player. I think it's going to suck watching it be good in Dallas. And you're always going to be like, oh, I wish the Eagles could have drafted him. I don't think the Eagles didn't try. I just think that they couldn't find a dance partner. Yeah. And so that, uh, now zoomed out view. Right. Rager is good. Rager is appropriate value. Rager is a scheme fit. This is a really good wide receiver class. It had a ton of moving pieces. The Eagles held fast, drafted a guy that was not expected to be their pick at 21 before a dude that a lot of people projected to them with a dude that was their number one target circling in a trade range. So Rager's good. Rager's got good value and everything. But there is a lot riding on the shoulders of Jalen and this pick because he's going to be very quickly compared to a lot of receivers in this class aggressively by a very we-need-wide-receiver-talent-badly-thirsty fan base. So And he's not even going to have a minicamp, so this is going to be great. (laughs) Yeah. How we have better – like. We all have our opinions on whether we love, hate, you know, are indifferent about the pick. Ben likes a little bit more than I do. I think it's fine. I'm still upset about other factors. I think people are too, understandably. Like, I I totally get if you're upset about it. I totally get if you like Rager. But at the same time, we're going to find out if that was the right pick, if that was the right move. So uh, we're going to talk about how the Eagles can uh, help themselves going up against the tandem of Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb coming up next here on the Kisten Solak Show. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And we are back here on the Kist and Solak Show, episode 180, SB Nation, Bleeding Green Nation. Michael Kist here with Benjamin Solak. 
Ben, as you look at 53 and the Eagles were able to hang on to this because no one goes to trade up and everything like that. As you look into day two of the NFL draft and you look at some of the guys still on the board, uh, this is somebody that we actually expected to be there at round two. I'm I'm glad he's still there and I'm interested to see if the Eagles are able to acquire him or if he gets selected at 50, 51, 52, just to tick us off even more. But you're looking at what's left available. Christian Fulton. The cornerback out of LSU would be my top guy. There are a lot of safeties still on the board there, so the Eagles could look for defensive backfield help. I think the conversation right now, and I'm starting to see this, and I've never thought this to be the case, I didn't think the Eagles were going to spend too high capital, either via free agent with money or with the draft. I didn't think they were going to double dip their wide receiver. I thought they felt better about their wide receiver core than the fan base felt. So I don't think a, a, a wide receiver double dip is in play with 53. Would you agree with that part? I don't think Mims is there. I don't think Pittman's there. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'd take Hamler given that they just took Rager. Right. Can, like, you know, it's not perfectly similar, but you're if you're trying out Deshaun, Rager, Hamler, you got to nobody's tall. You got to get a tall one. There's a lot of shorties. It's the longest short of it. Right. You got to get a big guy, uh, which like JJ. But eh, so. Looking at those three guys being gone, unless we're talking LaVisca. <laughs> <laughs> Who could continue to, to fall yeah. for sure. Then I don't think the sort of player for whom they'd be looking is there mm. at wide receiver. That's the tricky part. Yeah. Is unless they, again, like, and like, obviously this is going off of consensus board and we just talked about, you know, that their board might look different. But I, I my thing is like, I think now they're going to be looking for six, two plus yeah. big dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, who can win contested games, which would be, uh, you know, like that's supposed to be JJ. And if they have faith in JJ, then they're going to be looking for like literally a Justin Jefferson player. They're going to be looking for a exclusive slot option to beat out Greg Ward. Yeah. Um, in which case, Courtney Davis in round three, KJ Hill right. in round four, James Prochet in round five. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that like I like I, I agree with you, given how the board fell. A uh, wide receiver doesn't seem to be in range. The class that fell to them at 53 is the safety class because not a single safety went on day one. Right. Xavier McKinney from Alabama, Grant Delpit from LSU, Jeremy Chin from Southern Illinois, who we heard might sneak himself into the first round there. Ashton Davis from Cal who might drop because of the groin and, and the unverified testing, everything like that. That's four safeties right there. You also have, I mean, some of the other defensive players out there. And I really do think that the way the board falls to the Eagles is going to lean towards a defensive player. Willie Gay Jr., the linebacker out of Mississippi State, who I would love at 53. Jalen Johnson from Utah, depending on how much you like him. Yeter Grosmatos, I'm sure I butchered that name yet again. Yeter uh, Grosmatos. Yeter Grosmatos. I was way off. I'm not a big Trayvon Diggs guy, the cornerback out of Alabama. Zach Bond, he's more of a, a linebacker from Wisconsin. I like his, his uh, ability to come off the edge. Like There are guys out there that I really think that defense is the pick that they go with. Josh Uche, the edge from Michigan. Terrell Lewis, the edge from Alabama. There are a ton of defensive players out there whose value at 53 I would really like. What does kind of your short list look like for names to watch as we enter day two? And it starts and ends with Christian Fulton. Yeah, same. <laughs> now, you know me. So Fulton's <laughs> my top-ranked player at yep. 12 overall remaining. We thought that Fulton was going to fall out of round one. He mm-hmm. did. He ain't making it to 53, so we got to move something to go get him. There is one corner left, if I'm remembering who came off the board, Arnett, Igbenogany, Gladney. There's one corner left 
that I would be comfortable putting out there and starting year one. Yeah. It's Fulton. Right. Absolutely. No Jalen question. Johnson's still there. Javon Diggs still there. For Philadelphia, no thank you. I think they'll like Jalen Johnson. If like I, I don't yeah. think he makes it to 53, but More I think they like Diggs. him. I don't I don't particularly like him as much. Um, I don't think they'll like Diggs unless they're gonna start putting corners on the line, which <laughs> they're not. So Fulton gives you, I think, the best ability to put a starter opposite Darius Lane year one. And like Fulton would be a big deal. Yeah. Fulton would be a really big deal. If he's if he's that would turn this class from like eh to yeah. like wow for me. Because and like, yes, Fulton's a senior and like, you know, he's old and everybody's gonna do the thing and whatever. He's ready to step in and play. And he's really, really technically sound corner. He's you know, even for like guys like even if like I'm very high on Fulton, guys who are not very high on Fulton, who had him graded as like a fringe one round two guy, it's the technical soundness yep. and the maturity and the poise and the patience and the calmness. That's really exciting about Fulton. That's what leads you to believe he has a high floor, especially in year one. And so the Eagles, who need an outside starting corner, you know, oh, the Eagles are interested in Amik Robertson. I mean, that's cute, but like they have five nickels. <laughs> right. They need a starting outside corner. Yeah. Fulton is far and away the best option on the board. I think he would require a trade up. They're not going to make a trade up today. I don't think like, so. Like, you know, like uh, at four, like, oh, we're going to move forward 12 picks. They'll sit and wait on it. And there's probably a team in the 40s that they've been like, yo, like, we might call you and like, mm-hmm. who would it take? And da da da. Um, so we'll see. It's going to be tough for Fulton to last deep. He would have to fall in a way we don't expect. But that's the by far wide the first name on my board. And if you want to hear more analysis on Christian Fulton, the day of the draft yesterday, I put up a show, BGN, the BGN draft special number 10 with Eric Crocker. Me, Croc. Ben all had Fulton as our as our cornerback three and if you want to watch something on him to see why we're so excited about him watch him against Alabama watch him against Henry Ruggs 447 dude against a 427 dude in the 447 dude it never felt like he was stressed he never panicked he was on top of him the whole time did a fantastic job against there's some stat that's like in the past two years combined of christian fulton covering like henry ruggs and jerry judy and and like justin ross the clemson kid or somebody else they know t higgins he's given up like three catches you know what i mean like i'm like ruggs like snapped him off yeah you've got a couple weeks yeah yeah ruggs put him in a laundry machine like there's no two ways about it happens when you're asked to single cover the four (laughs) through seven kid right and there's a reason he was asked to cover the 427 kid. Exactly. He's pretty doggone good. Uh, you're going to lose him. You know what I mean? Like, Fulton's just, I think, a really, really quality player. The one thing I will say is, like, Slay plus Fulton. Slay recently plus Fulton mm. equals ball skills, question mark. But, like, at least it'll be near receivers this time. And yeah. I think we're used to our corners not necessarily generating <laughs> great plays on the ball. Um, but, like, at least they'll be, like, able to physically impact the receiver and make catches more difficult and or deny uh, pass attempts altogether. So, yeah, Fulton would be the top. Um, I, I'm still very interested in LaVisca at 53. It's obviously, he's conditional on the health thing. I, I just don't know where he is with that. And so if he's if he's long-term banged up, you can't do it, especially in a class like this. I would yeah. wait on it. I, I said earlier, the safety class is coming to Philadelphia. Great news. Eagles can go two ways with it. You like Rodney McLeod as your deep middle safety. Kyle Duggar out of Lenore Rhine. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Chin out of, out of Southern Illinois. Uh, box safeties with some linebacker hybrid ability solves a little bit of your linebacker problem while also helping to solve your Malcolm Jenkins problem. If they're going for a jank replacement, think chin. If they're going more so for a box line, traditional box safety, I think Duggar. Hmm. Neither has corner. Well, chin has corner background. Neither has the corner background that Jenkins did coming out of Ohio State. Neither is going to be the cover man he was. I think Um, think, think McKinney is more of the. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
more more of the right. Jenkins McKinney type. gets Malcolm Jenkins comps. Right. Now, the biggest deficit in that comp is the coverability. It's the man coverability. And that right. one are playing linebacker, right? The thing is, but it goes back to yeah, what I said. Yeah, the Eagles yeah. have five nickels on the roster right now. You got Jalen Mills and Avante Madison from the Blancs. So you should be able to cover over the slot and hopefully handle tight ends as well. What about free safety? You're looking at Grant Delpit. You're looking at Ashton Davis. Exactly, right? right. So if they like McLeod's ability to play in the hole, which he did pretty successfully in 2018 and or early in 2018, a little bit in 2019, replace him with a true center fielder, which McLeod has always been a, a low-impact center fielder, at least to me. Ashton Davis out of Cal. Groin injury, maybe not healthy. Maybe he's around three guy. He seems to be falling. Grant Delp out of LSU. Nobody knows where the league values him. Tackling problems. Wicked rangy. He's 6'3". He's got ball skills. Extremely unique player evaluation. Ton of risk involved in his eval. Eagles fans will hate the pick or love the pick extremely, right? But yeah, safety class coming to you. McKinney's not going to make it to you, but your pick of those four is great if you if you want to address it. That being said, it's the safety class is relatively deep. And I would guess yeah. that if they have a corner they like and a safety they like, it'll be a corner. Because you can get Kevon Wallace. You can get Terrell Burgess from Utah. You can get those guys I think, later yeah, on. I think, I think Burgess can go at like 70. You know what I mean? Like I think Burg- the league loves Burgess. But like nice. Kevon Wallace, uh, Blackman, the other Utah kid who's got a corner background and he's long and he can run. Antoine Brooks, Maryland, Brandon Jones, Texas, athlete. You know what I mean? Like you got guys on day three who are worthy picks, I think. They're not going to be starters the way these day two guys would be, but I think they'll prioritize corner because Fulton might be your last starting corner on your board. Yeah, mm. a guy you have a starting grade on in year one. The other position, obviously, here uh, that we haven't talked about being linebacker, I think they weighed on it. Jim Schwartz loves Kenneth Murray. There was no way they were going to pick him in round one. They didn't. Thank God. And he might still love somebody. And he ain't going to get picked in round two either. You know what I mean? Like they're 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 going after positions of value here. If it, if it's Willie Gay, then I'm cool with the pick. I think that's the only guy that I'm cool with in the first. I can't believe that uh, Jordan Brooks went went picked 27 overall to the Seattle Seahawks. They continue to make weird picks. I'm just going to give kind of a rapid fire run through of the first round of things I didn't necessarily care for or that I I specifically liked. At pick five and six, the Dolphins take Tua. The Chargers take Justin Herbert. Uh, I think that's going to be my new Josh Allen, Mitch Trubisky. And if you follow long enough, you know what that means. I thought the worst pick in the top ten was Derek Brown to the Panthers, especially with Isaiah Simmons on the board, who goes number eight. But the best pick in the top 10 was Jedrick Wills, OT1. The Browns stay there and get OT1 at number mm-hmm. 10. I love that pick. Uh, Tristan Wirfs for the Bucks. Obviously, you have to protect uh, Tom Brady. I like the Becton pick for the Jets, protecting Sam Darnold, adding adding those guys. So those were good. AJ Terrell, you know, I didn't really love that value. Chase on to the Jaguars, I think it's tremendous value, especially when you're going to lose uh, Yannick. And then at 23, hated the pick for the Chargers with Kenneth Murray. Glad the Eagles didn't pick him there. Uh, Brandon Ayuk was uh, at 25 to the 49ers is interesting. I, I am actually really excited to see him in that Shanahan offense. Jordan Love at 26 to the Packers is going to be fascinating. People are going to say, oh, I can learn from Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers ain't teaching him jack, guys. <laughs> I <No>. love it. <laughs> uh, no. It's messy, <laughs> it's and it's delightful. Aaron Rodgers out here in public. We have drafted a skill position player on offense since 2005 when I was drafted. Really looking forward to getting a, a skill position player pass catcher that can really move this offense forward. Brian Gutekunst goes, you want a foot? <laughs> 
and it's the second. You played him off and brought along, Reggie. It's Aaron Rodgers' second yeah. Jordan that is a nemesis yeah. in his life, which is it's gonna. End somebody, up. yeah, somebody tweeted like "Love, comma Jordan," and this is exactly what Aaron Rodgers can't do. And I was like, "This is unnecessary, folks." <laughs> I mean, this is just we're just, just we're pigs in slop right now. We're in the man's family life. He just got his replacement drafted when he was begging them publicly for an actual target. <laughs> Green Bay made the NFC Championship, and they said, "Let's prepare for the future." Yeah, uh, I love it. It's oh, fantastic. Like. It's very classic Green Bay, and I like get it. And we'll, I think if Jordan, like, it's like Mahomes when he went into KC. I think he yep. loves in one of the good spots to develop, even with maybe a hostile veteran above him. I agree. Um, you know, I, I like that. He needed that, stuff. too. He needed that, that environment. We talked about, me and me and yep. Mark talked about the Colts, the Bucks being great spots for him because he could sit. He can sit in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers is going to hate him, you mm-hmm. know, but it's a good it's a good spot for him lighting with yep. Matt LaFleur. Ben. I have one more round one pick I'd like to comment on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Every year, I think I will not be surprised and viscerally upset about what the Seahawks do. <laughs> yeah, this is, they do it every year. They do it every LJ Collier. Like, and Collier. Now- okay, but Collier, I had it like the 70s. I have Brooks <laughs> in like the 180s. I keep telling I, you, man. They have the best linebacker duo in the league? Question mark? Right. Quan Alexander, uh, uh, Fred Warner, maybe? They drafted Cody Barton in the third round last year, which already people were like, this feels like a little early for a linebacker. <laughs> got him out on the field. It was shaky at first. Mm. Clearly got better through the season. Was quality in the playoffs. On ball, Sam. Bobby and KJ, Mike and Will. Michael Kendricks is their fourth linebacker. He's gone now. He's, you know, the thing with the thing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you had a great four deep. Drafted Ben Burkirvan last year, too. So you drafted two linebackers last year. In the first round, you bring in Jordan Brooks. Presumably because KJ Wright's on last year of his deal. KJ Wright is probably one of the top two underneath zone defending linebackers in the nation. Patrick Queen was on the board. Mm. He's probably the other best underneath zone defending linebacker in the nation, obviously for college. Jordan Brooks ain't never played a covered snap in his life. <laughs> played Texas Tech. He doesn't know how to get into a zone drop. Linebacker version of uh, Rashad Penny. You cannot make sense of this pick. Nah, it I, literally like it, it confounds the <laughs> mind. And the best part is that the Seahawks like, yeah, we had a deal. Oh, we were trying to trade back. It fell through. So we just took the best player left on our board. Brother, was your board what was your board's cool names? Jordan <laughs> with a Y? Took your best player on your board? Yeah. Dude, Google NFL draft board 2020. <laughs> Check a few. Use that. Use the consensus. Yeah. yeah. Use yeah. the consensus like, board. <laughs> huh. There are other guys in this class who are good. My favorite part is that the the they never met with Brooks to conceal their interest in him. That's my brothers. Wow. You didn't need to do all that, fam. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all could have told Brooks to his face you were drafting him in round one. He would have been there at 27. Nobody would have cared. They'd be like, oh, well, there goes Seattle again. Man. Congrats, Seattle. And then they're going to be 11 and 5, and Wilson's going to be an MVP candidate. And <laughs> why not? Yeah, exactly. All right, Ben, let's get out of here. Say goodbye to the gentle listeners. Hey, man, thank you as always for listening to the Kiss and Sovac show here on BGN Radio. We do appreciate you swinging by. Round one in the books. Jalen Rager, Philadelphia Eagle. Mike, 13 or 18 on the jersey? I, ooh, 18 and Macklin looked looked pretty solid. I'm going to go 13. I like 13 better. Yeah, I also, I like 13 too. I, to me, I associate 18 with Macklin, and Macklin's like a lanky, route-running sort of a dude, and Rager's like a more compact guy. Mm. And obviously, like you'd say, oh, I associate 13 with Aguilar. I do not associate 13 with Aguilar. I don't um, care, yeah. Apparently, he said he wants 18 on a live stream, which I also like. Okay. But, it's not in the I 80s. I don't I, like yeah. 82. He can, no. In case too short to wear a number in the 80s. Game right. done. Yeah. It looks so fat. Like, it just looked big, thick. It would not be great. 
He understands this. Yeah. Right. We talked. Yeah. So Rager, uh, the new number 18 wide receiver for Philadelphia. The Eagles approach day two with two picks, 53 and 103 currently. Uh, looking to add, hopefully, players in the secondary and the defensive linebacking core as well. You lock in 7 p.m. Eastern for round two and round three of the NFL draft. Of course, the live pick tracker at BGN or Bleeding Green, I should say, dot com, along with instant analysis of not only the Jalen Rager pick from yesterday, but the board, the trades and the picks as they fall on day two. All of your needs are covered here. We hope you're enjoying the draft so far. Uh, make sure you're also subscribed to the feed rate review as well if you've got a free second because we'll have a reaction podcast coming out to you for the rest of Draft Weekend. He's been Michael Kist on Twitter at Michael Kist NFL KSD. I've been Benjamin Solak on Twitter at Benjamin Solak. That's S-O-L-A-K. We will talk to you later this weekend. We all we got, we all we need, Fly Eagles Fly.